What's up, ladies? Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman Podcast. I'm Toshiba Oliver, and Leah Ross is my co-host. Listen, living as an urban Christian woman is a great gift and an amazing mission, which is why we need to be equipped for the everyday life. So whether you're hanging with the kiddos, washing dishes, checking emails, at the gym, or maybe even on your train commute, keep listening because God's word has the truth for your everyday life. Welcome to the Urban Christian Woman. Welcome back, Urban Christian Women. I am one of your hosts, Leah Ross. What's up, ladies? I'm Toshiba Oliver. What up, what up, what up? Hey, we are kicking off a new series today, and I'm so pumped. We are diving into Shiro's of the Faith, and this is sort of like a hybrid between celebrating both Black History Month and Women's History Month. Mm -hmm. So we're like, let's look at women of color through the history of the world, and let's talk about how we can celebrate how they have been faithful to God Mm -hmm. in all these different ways. And so, yeah, I think for us, especially, like, why are we doing this? Well, we need to remember that the existence of these biblical historical and present day sheroes of the faith are evident for us. Like they they're actually there. They exist. Mm-hmm. We may not hear about them in our regular rotations through history or Bible study. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to take a minute and shine a light on these women. And I'm super excited. I think also there's a precedent um, through Proverbs 2 and Proverbs 3 to talk about this value of wisdom and the stories mm-hmm. that these women, yeah. um, ha- both the testimonies of their lives and those stories that they share with us. Yeah is um yeah it's worth you know highlighting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i think when mm-hmm. we review or when we actually view the roles of these godly sheroes we see them through the lens of what god has called them to first before what the culture calls mm-hmm. them to so this the baggage of the word woman in our culture like just has so much baggage yeah, there's like baggage. there's baggage there's receipts there's trauma <laughs> There's a, it's a whole lot going on, honey. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so like in this, in this cultural baggage around this, um, we see that there is this, this need and women are not left behind in scripture. Women are not an afterthought in scripture, but what does happen is God makes man and woman in his image and likeness to reflect his glory and beauty and goodness. And they are to be fruitful and to multiply and fill the earth. Mm -hmm. And so there is a commission for us as women who live in the everyday to do that yeah, yeah and so though you may not have um heard maybe um podcasts around this yo we're that, here we, this is why we're doing it that's why we're yeah doing i it. mean we're really we're really desiring to um tell the stories and share the stories that you may not normally hear um be told, told. yeah, yeah. And, we gotta do that yeah and can i also just say one thing mm-hmm. because we have gotten some inboxes from people like mm-hmm. hey do you know a bible study for women that they can do around women of the bible that is in-depth and rooted sadly we do not yeah <laughs> we're working on it we're working on it we hope to to yeah be able to point people to some resources but the reality is i mean the kind of just bummer of it is there's not really that much um, that's been written by women for women about women, um, both of the Bible and historical women, or historical 
biblical women. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, so we just want to take some time in this series to highlight. So what we're going to do is we're going to highlight um, four women. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to highlight today in this episode, Deborah. Mm -hmm. So just to give you a framework of why we're doing this as well. Um, you know, in several episodes past, we've talked about mirrors and windows that lead to a reminder of the great shoulders that we stand on. Mm -hmm. So we actually look through like a mirror is a reflection that you, you look through and you see a reflection of yourself. Mm -hmm. So I see Deborah as sort of a mirror where I, I see her story and I see myself reflected in her story. So I can see myself in the story of scripture. And I think Mm -hmm. that's really important because if I can't see myself in the story of scripture, I may ask myself questions about, well, where do I fit in? Or I might start to believe lies of, I don't really have a place in God's great mission or his story, or I have to change who I am in order to have a place in God's mission or God's story. And so we need to look at these mirrors and say yes, and affirm ourselves of yes, God uses women just like me. And he has continued to use women just like me throughout the history of his people and his church. Yes. And so because of that, we can see mirrors, we can see windows and windows you are looking out mm-hmm. and still being able to see and you can glean. And so that is our hope as well, um, that you would be able to see this as mirrors and windows and that you would say, hey, th- does the Lord call me? Can God use me? Yeah. And where can I look for examples? Honey, look no farther. Look no because further. we're about to point to people in it's the It's going to be a good month. It's going to be a great month. I'm pumped. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to look at uh, people who are in the word, people historically, and mm-hmm. then people who are sort of present present day recently present day. recently gone to be with the lord yeah so, so yeah. everyone that we are profiling has gone to be with the lord in this first time uh rotation of sheroes of the faith but their impact reverberates throughout generations mm-hmm. and so today our key takeaway for our sister deborah mm-hmm. is that deborah displayed servant leadership as a shero of the faith deborah displayed servant leadership as a shero yeah. of the faith. Yeah. So Leah, give us mm-hmm. a, a little rap sheet and profile of this sister. Profile of this sister. So we're not going to read the text, um, the story where Deborah shows up, but we would encourage you to look at Judges 4 and 5 right. because there you're going to see the story of Deborah. So everything we're talking about um, is going to be found in her narrative in Judges 4 and 5. Mm-hmm. And then she's also alluded to in Hebrews 11, 32 and 34, the battle that was won through Barak, um, is referred to in sort of that uh, hall of faith in Hebrews 11. Mm-hmm. So who is Deborah? So she, her ethnic background is that she was an Ephraimite. So you could say it modern day Palestinian. So come she's a woman my, of color. Come on, come on my Palestinian sisters who are listening to this podcast. We Jesus <laughs> was with, the yes. Lord was with you. Yes. Both, and yes. you got, you got an, a straight person from your ethnic mm-hmm. descent. Deborah hollering at you. Yeah, she's there. That's she's hollering at you. She judged, she, Deborah was, um, her leadership was really profound. She right. judged and led, led Israel faithfully, um, obedient to the Lord for 60 years, mm-hmm. 20 years, uh, before the battle, uh, that we're going to talk about. And then 40 years after. Mm-hmm. Um, and so her role, even as a judge, mm-hmm. um, was unique because she was the only recorded woman judge. The judges were supposed to be a shadow of the savior who is to come. So she dealt with the people's uh, disagreements. She judged rightly with wisdom before them. And she had sort of a, a, a position of, of intercession, if you will, mm-hmm. heard the voice of the Lord. Um, and in fact, she was called in the passage in Judges 4 
um, all these different roles. She was called godly. She was called a wife. She was called a judge. She was called a prophetess, a warrior. She was referred to as a spiritual mother uh, mm-hmm. later on in Judges 5. Mm-hmm. And we see her display herself as a poet because she actually uh, pens this beautiful song, right. poet, poetic song of victory after the battle is won. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So this is her rap sheet and she was called a uh, godly wife, first of all. And so kind of like this, this um, headline of who she is and it runs down through all these things. But ultimately we see in her story that she was obedient to God and she faithfully lived out the leadership that God gave her. Mm-hmm. So let's walk through the story mm-hmm. of the mm-hmm. narrative of Deborah. Yes. Again, we're not going to read the text, but this is what it says. And yes. we would encourage you to yes. look deeply at her story in Judges 4 and 5 in your own time. Yes, yes. So the framework and the narrative of the story is that Deborah is presiding as judge over Israel And the judges were God's design for governmental and priestly leadership. So as the people of God, Israel was not meant to have kings. So they had judges um, during this time. And so during Mm -hmm. her time, she actually heard from the Lord that his desire was to deliver his people from the oppression of King Jabin of Canaan. And she relayed this prophetic message to Barak who was the commander of the army, but Barak did not desire to go to war without Deborah. Um, I mean, without, um, yeah, without Mm -hmm. Deborah. Yeah. He, he literally says, um, in verses, um, four through six that Mm -hmm. he just does not want to go unless Deborah goes with him. Mm -hmm. So Deborah agrees to go with Barak into war and she never hesitated to speak to him um, the truth about his actions and his inactions. And um, she also was not in the posture when you read the text. She wasn't in the posture of belittling or condemning him um, in her words, Mm -hmm. but she was just telling him what she knew to be true from the Lord's message to her. Mm -hmm. And so she continues to speak faithfully about God And when God gives the victory in battle through Barak, plus this other sister in the faith, oh my goodness, named Mm -hmm. J.L. Y'all, she is a straight, like, cold-blooded chick. I mean, mean, it's almost like, I can't remember that one um, real hood uh, movie, but all I'm going to (laughs) say is that she was like, a Bonnie, like sort of like a Bonnie and Clyde type of move, but she was really like Bonnie or something like that. I don't know. But anyway, a godly Bonnie. A godly Bonnie. Okay. For the a God fearing Bonnie. <laughs> oh gosh. We clowning on this podcast. Okay. But anyway, yeah, she was literally like a, a she was a bad chick. But anyway, the battle and the mm-hmm. victory, what would be said in scripture is that it was not one through Barrick, mm-hmm. but it would be one through a woman named JL and Deborah pins a victorious song of praise. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful song poetically in chapter five. Mm-hmm. And so this is pretty much the narrative in the story of what goes down, mm-hmm. how Deborah came to be on the scene, how God called her, how God used her yeah. and how she used her gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, not just in her ability to judge, mm-hmm. not just in her role as a wife, but even just in her role as um, a poet for the glory of God. So um, Leah, tell us how her story points to God's glory in this. So she works just tirelessly and faithfully in her God-given calling. She, from the very beginning, is obedient to God 
through the very end and leads by pointing others towards this obedience to God. So we see, unfortunately, throughout scripture that like sometimes the judges, they are in these positions and then they sort of while out or Israel wiles out. Mm -hmm. Deborah shows this consistent faithfulness and obedience to God in her calling as judge. Mm -hmm. Um, And she points others towards this obedience to God as well. She's constantly calling Barak to trust the Lord that he's going to bring a victory in the battle and um, to believe in his faithfulness as well. Mm-hmm. So her life alongside of this role of Barak also is just a really beautiful example of complementarianism at work mm-hmm. because she has a role, right? Like she has a specific role that was given to her by God and so does Barak, right? Hers right. is judge and prophetess, a worshiper, right. um, and his is the commander of the army. And so one is not trying to fill the other's role, but they actually work in tandem together come on, come and they on. use their unique gifts. God uses their unique gifts to bring his name glory by bringing Israel victory over this oppressive army that's up against them. Yeah, and I feel like I really just want to read this because mm-hmm. it is such a beautiful work of complementarianism and listen wherever you fall on the the bend of this this is not our our desire is not to be in a debate about complementarianism versus egalitarianism that's not what we're here for we're not even here for that what we are mm-hmm. here for is this word though yeah and we trying to tell y'all <laughs> that in the word uh a brother and a sister of the faith are working together yes. and they not out here trying to shine over each other, yes. but they talking about the shine go to the glory mm-hmm. of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in verse eight through 10, it says, Barak said to her, if you will go with me, I will go. Yeah. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And she said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory for the Lord will sell Sisera into the hand of a woman. Mm-hmm. Then Deborah arose and went with Barak to Kadesh. And Barak called out Zebulun and Naphtali to Kadesh. Mm-hmm. And 10,000 men went up at his heels and Deborah went up with him. Yeah. And you see, listen, what I love most about this, how many times do we hear the word with? Yeah. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Honey, girl, don't get me. Yeah. Don't get me going in here because I'm about to turn mm-hmm. out. I need to bring it in and really in real quick. But how many Good times though. do we see the word with yeah. in the text? And literally mm-hmm. when someone is actually articulating themselves, whether it's Barak or whether it's Deborah, yeah. it's saying, I will go with. There is this thing that we are better together. Better together. Mm-hmm. They need each other. They re- they're operating out of that need for each other to fulfill their roles. Deborah didn't go up into the battle. Mm-hmm. She went with him, Come but through. he called the armies out to battle. Come on. Okay. Mm-hmm. She went with him. He called her to go. She spoke prophetically about, and she wasn't even speaking about herself. Nevertheless, God will deliver this battle by the hand of a woman. She wasn't even speaking about herself. About she was talking about Jael. Okay. The, the bad, the bad girl, the, ba- the godly bad girl, the godly, bad girl. <laughs> the godly girl sovereignly orchestrated to literally put a peg mm-hmm. through the king's head. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Girl. So anyway, they, they're ahead. in these spaces of faithfully walking out their roles mm-hmm. together, together in the with the withness, mm-hmm. if you will. And, and what I love as well is that in the midst of the withness, 
there is this constancy mm-hmm. of in, in the in the narrative of the story that glory will not go to ourselves, yeah. but it goes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. It goes to the Lord. It goes to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so we see that when when God is really glorified, yeah. it's when we walk in unity yes. and on one accord. Yes. Girl, we better together. Yes. Gone, girl. Yes. Gone, girl. Unity as brothers and sisters. Come on now. That 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 alone is how God continues to bring his I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That's right. We see it. We see it clearly through this passage. Mm -hmm. Um, and we also see that for Deborah, as we focus on her role and her leadership, you know, we see that God is glorified through her life because she is unapologetically using her gifts Mm -hmm. while not grasping for a gift or a role that wasn't given to her by God. Say that one more time. God is glorified because Deborah is unapologetically using her gifts while not grasping for a gift or a role that wasn't given to her by God. So her obedience to God Mm. was exercised in her leadership and her obedience to God was exercised in her restraint of not going beyond what God called her to. And she had to know what God called her to. So we're talking about her fellowship with the Lord because of that. Mm. And she had some good fellowship with the Lord because again, she wasn't one of those judges that just went rogue. Right. And can we, how do we know that she was she had good fellowship because chapter five come after the whole yes, situation yes. let me let y'all know i want to snap on this podcast <laughs> chapter five literally comes after the victory and she pins mm-hmm. uh, the, the whole course of it ain't really about her yeah it's about everything that god, god did, did yes people yes and she gives credit where credit is due mm-hmm. and so we know that she had to have deep fellowship yeah. and communion with god not only was she in communion but she literally understood that she had a call yeah and her call was connected to faithfully obeying what god had com- communed with her to say and to do mm-hmm. and so because of that what can we learn as urban Christian women today? Mm-hmm. How can we treasure up the wisdom of Deborah's life in our hearts? That's yes. the question that I want to yes. know. Leah, take us through it. How can we do this? Mm-hmm. Well, I think we see, first of all, that God faithfully and consistently orchestrates our mission fields Girl. just as God orchestrated the mission. So Deborah was operating fully in her mission as judge, prophetess, godly woman, wife, spiritual mother. You know, in the text, it never says that she had children, but that she was a spiritual mother to Israel. Mm. And so this concept of spiritually mothering God's people. Okay. Oh, my goodness. That wasn't that was bonus. That was bonus bars. (laughs) So our takeaway then is like, knowing for sure that God is orchestrating our mission fields. So we got to ask ourselves, are we in our God orchestrated proper mission field? Oh my goodness. Come on, girl. Let me tell you about God orchestrated. Cause y'all know we yes. love to keep it 100 mm-hmm. on this podcast. Okay. Sometimes we do do tangents, but it's we going to try to keep it real then because this month we mm-hmm. could talk about this all day. But understanding God orchestrated and proper mission fields, one of my favorite quotes, Mm -hmm. one of my favorite quotes by um, this sister and British missionary, Jill Briscoe. If y'all don't know nothing 
about Jill Briscoe, y'all need to get y'all's whole personhood together and go find out who Jill Briscoe is. Write that down. Write that down. Write that down too. But my sister Jill Briscoe in the UK, she says, what is your mission field? Your mission field is between your two feet at any given moment. Mm. So if you want to know your God orchestrated proper mission field, all you got to do is look down where your feet standing and setting and you know where you supposed to be. That's your mission field. field. And I feel like we need to just break this down just one more level. Okay. And I'm tell me about it. Tell me about your mission field between your two feet. (laughs) Tell me about it. Break it down. Girl, so my mission field between my two feet in this season, y'all, it's just real, real. Between seven to nine, Mm -hmm. Monday, Thursday, Friday, my mission field, well, Mm -hmm. first of all, Monday through Sunday, my mission field between um, six and and nine o'clock is between my two feet in my home. Mm Mm-hmm. In my kitchen, Mm -hmm. with my kids at the table, shepherding, discipling, with my man, encouraging him before he leaves. And let me let you know, I don't always do it Mm. um, 100 and exceptionally, but my desire is to do it well for the glory of God. So that's number one, every day of the week. Mm -hmm. Secondly, nine o'clock, between nine and 1230 mm-hmm. on Monday, Thursday, and Friday, my mission field is preschooling my three-year-old at the table, at mm-hmm. playing learn station, at playground world, mm-hmm. and that's it, okay? Mm-hmm. Tuesday and Wednesday, y'all hear what I'm saying? Y'all see how I'm breaking, breaking down this down. schedule? Breaking it down. Tuesday through Wednesday from 9 to 1.30, my mission field is the urban Christian woman mm-hmm. being in front of a mic and, take, and doing study notes with Leah mm-hmm. during... Tw- from from that point, from 1.30 to 3.30, okay. my mission field is back at my in my kitchen mm-hmm. or um in my in my prayer closet mm-hmm. or meeting with and discipling a young lady or it's literally more work with the urban Christian woman. It's it's in tandem. Mm-hmm. And yes, does it feel like juggling a little bit? Absolutely it does. Yeah. Is there a such thing as balance? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. There is a thing of being in the center of God's will and being in the mission field mm-hmm. between your two feet mm-hmm. at any given moment. Mm-hmm. That's it. Balance is not biblical. I wish people would quit saying it <laughs> because it's not biblical. What is biblical is being where God on has mission on mission on mission on between mission. your two feet mm-hmm. at any given moment. Mm-hmm. And will that look different at any given moment of your day? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It does. It does. We step into these different places throughout our day. And that is exactly when we step there, we have to trust that that is where God calls us to when we're walking faithfully with him and in obedience to him. Yes. And I believe one of the greatest challenges for us as urban Christian women Mm -hmm. is, is, uh, not being where we're supposed to be, but it's being fully present yeah. where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Because our we have so many elements. Distractions. Going. Yeah, all of that. Levels, Girl. levels, Girl. So levels. So asking the Holy Spirit to help us be present yep. where we are. Deborah was locked in mm-hmm. and she was present where she was at any given moment between her yeah. two feet. And that's what we can see yeah. in the text. Yeah. So number one, God orchestrates our mission fields, Mm -hmm. okay? Mm -hmm. God orchestrates our proper mission fields. And then number two... Yeah. Secondly, so what do you know about your spiritual gifts? Yes. Okay. Because she was given, she was given roles again, as we said before, as prophetess, she has this, she has this uh, posture of worship. She's a poet. 
Um, and her leadership is evident through all of that. And so we want to ask ourselves, what do we know about our own spiritual gifts? Mm. What do we know about the qualities that God has equipped us with? And then how much have we thought about how and where he wants to use those gifts for his glory? Because ultimately he's always harnessing those gifts for his glory. And we're going to find ourselves in places where it may be uncomfortable, where we feel like culture sort of has given us a different message than the one that God has given us about how we should use our gifts. I mean, for me, myself as a Bible teacher, culture will tell me all types of ways about how I should use that and how I should not use that as a woman, as a person of color, like just all those spaces, as a wife, as a mom, all all of that. And so I got to be sure that I'm in tune with God Mm -hmm. and obeying his voice about how he wants to use my gifts Mm -hmm. and not necessarily taking my cues from sort of these other cultural expectations of how I should be and what spaces I should find myself in. I find based on the gifts that God's given me, I find myself in all types of spaces that don't make sense. Come on now. Regularly. 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 (laughs) And in fact, not only in Bible teaching, but as he's called me to be a reconciler, he's given me the gifts of evangelism and so I find myself in spaces that don't normally make sense I find myself in majority spaces where I feel really uncomfortable should I speak up should I you know and and the reality is is that God is continually affirming the gifts that he's put in me that he's equipped Mm -hmm. me with Mm -hmm. so that I can walk in obedience to him Mm -hmm. which brings him glory Mm -hmm. which brings him glory yes and Leah you had said this before which Mm -hmm. I just wanted to to sort of uh tag on which is when you're looking and wanting to identify your gifts, yes. Yeah. Use a spiritual gifts assessment. Yeah, yeah. But also know that you have faithful witnesses in your local body, mm-hmm. faithful older women, faithful uh, believing people in your local church yeah. who can see your gifts and they will call them forth. I'm yeah. not talking about your homegirls yeah. trying to tell you to use make a platform real quick um, cause, cause you done said something on point with some quotables on, on, uh, IG. <laughs> I'm not saying that I'm mm-hmm. saying that the people will affirm yeah. your gifts, the people who are faithful witnesses, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And- Which goes back to the importance of being in fellowship in your local church mm-hmm. across generations, yes. multi-generational yes. so that that older person, that older woman can speak into your yes. life and say sort of these affirmations of you feel like maybe you feel like God has given you a certain spiritual gift mm-hmm. and you hear that external mm-hmm. affirmation mm-hmm. from within the body of Christ, from within, from a seasoned believer. Right. And that really speaks to that. Like, okay, God, I right. hear what you're saying. Now right. show me how to use this and walk in obedience with it. Right. And some of us are in church planting spaces where there aren't any mm-hmm. older faithful witnesses mm-hmm. or who don't know us that well. And what I would also affirm to that, not only do you have the faithful witnesses in your local church, mm-hmm. but for me one of the things that was really pivotal and fruitful was I could actually trace all the gifts yeah. the talents everything that I have I can trace all the way back to my childhood yeah like my mom my parents yeah they were able to say you know what every time you was always trying to play church and be uh, <laughs> a bible teacher a deaconess the Sunday school teacher the worship leader you was just all over the place in the church, you know. So what I'm saying mm-hmm. is, is that yeah, people, trace that line trace that you the see. Line, yeah, trace the line. Ask your parents. Some mm-hmm. of us, I know, some of us don't have you know fruitful, flourishing relationships 
with parents. Maybe it's your school teachers. Maybe it's um, somebody in your neighborhood that you're still school teacher or whatever it is. Yeah. Whomever it is. Like ask them what they saw in you because the reality is, is that these things just don't come on the scene. Mm-hmm. They've been here all along mm-hmm. and they've, they've been able to be seen, mm-hmm. um, just mm-hmm. like mirrors and windows. Yeah. So last, yes. Last thing is, uh, number one, we talked about, um, mission field between yeah. your two feet. Mm-hmm. Number two, knowing your spiritual gifts. Mm-hmm. The third one is. Does your obedience align with the faithful work mm. God has called you to? Y'all, we about to mic drop, mic drop. Does your obedience align with the faithful work God has called you to? He wants to challenge our busyness, mm-hmm. the busyness elevated by culture. He wants to challenge it mm-hmm. by reminding us to always be on mission. And we see this so faithfully with Deborah. Deborah was radically obedient to the faithful work that God had told her to do, yeah. that she was not busy all over the place. Yeah. She lit what you can see from observation in the text is that she named what mattered mm-hmm. and she knew good from best. Mm-hmm. She knew what to do and what not to mm-hmm. do. And even in the place of like when it was time to speak up and when it was time to let Barrick run, mm-hmm. y'all, she could have literally, because she was a judge, she could have got out of step and mm-hmm. said, Oh no, I'm about to go. Yeah. In. But she didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And so we see that her obedience aligned with the faithful work that God had called her to do. Yes. Yes. So this is, and this is a beautiful profile of a godly woman. I mean, there's so much we can glean from her Mm -hmm. life, from her faithfulness to God, from his faithfulness in her story Mm -hmm. and just highlighting it for us and Mm -hmm. preserving it in his word for us to learn from. And so here is sort of our response, right? We take all of that in. Here's our response that we know that God is calling us to walk in constant dependence on him mm-hmm. and obedience to him. That's we right. see this in Deborah's life. She's on in constant dependence on him and hearing from him mm-hmm. and speaking his word faithfully. Yes. And so he is calling us as well to walk in constant dependence on him and obedience to him, mm-hmm. our mission fields. That's it. Secondly, he's calling us to know our gifts so that we can pour out what God has placed in us for the benefit of the body and for the benefit of the culture. He is working all things to redeem. He is working through us to redeem all things to him. And mm-hmm. so he is working in us by giving us and equipping us with these spiritual gifts yes. so that we can be workers, agents of redemption, both in in the body of Christ, but also in the larger culture, right? The world. Mm -hmm. So we got to know these gifts. We have to know how he's calling us and what he's calling us to, and then begin to walk in obedience. And as we walk in obedience, we're going to see God sort of pour out that redemption through our lives in these different places we find ourselves in. Yes, honey. It it centers though. It centers back into trusting, walking in that obedience and the faithfulness of God. Mm -hmm. So I love that we see that in Deborah's life. I love that we see a preserved example of that Mm -hmm. um and something that we write as a mirror that we can see ourselves in as well Mm. so Mm. ladies let me just pray for us real quick and thank the lord for 
this um, this faithful servant, yeah. leader, saint, um, Sister Deborah, and then pray for us as well. Lord, we thank you mm-hmm. for Sister Deborah's fearless and unsolicited devotion to the emancipation yes. of God's people. Thank you, thank you that she awoke daily with a determination mm-hmm. to um, free uh, not just uh, her people mm-hmm. um, from the wretched bondage and degradation of what was happening in culture, mm-hmm. but God, she woke up with a determination mm-hmm. because you called her and you commissioned her to do the work that you set out for her to do. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, I pray for that for us as women uh, today. I pray that for us as women of the faith. I pray that for us as urban Christian women. God, that we would literally um, follow our sister's example to walk in fearlessness and unsolicited devotion for you, to you, for your glory. Lord, help us to hunger and thirst for righteousness and that we may be filled in that, as your word says in Matthew. God, help us to value what 1 Samuel says, that obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Father, help us, Lord God, to wake up when our feet hit the floor. Mm -hmm. Lord, determine, Lord God, to walk in fruitfulness and flourishing for uh, the the lives of those that we encounter every day, whether it's the people in our home, whether it's the people that um, live next door to us, God, whether it's the children in our, our kids' schools, Lord God, whether it's the people at the grocery store, that one person that we see faithfully check us out every week, Lord, whether it's for the sister who's in our um, daytime Bible study, Lord God, whether it's for um, the victims, if we are judges or attorneys in culture today, whether it's for the people who uh, we may minister to as social workers or doctors, Lord God, or as school teachers, Lord God, you know every place that a woman um, is serving who listens to this podcast. And so, Father, I pray, God, that as they devote themselves to you, God, that you would bring a a fruitful harvest from that. And so, Lord, we thank you for Sister Deborah. We thank you for the women who are listening to this podcast. And God, that they would be encouraged to live faithfully and know, God, that they are are, uh, on the shoulders of a sister who lived devotedly, fearlessly, and faithfully for you. And so they do not have to walk this road alone, but Father, that there has been a sister who's gone before them and so they can be encouraged. We thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day, ladies.